This is David's Book Talk, bringing authors and book lovers together in a unique way since 2009. Visit us at davidsbooktalk.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash davidsbooktalk. But first, pull up a chair, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Here's your host, David English. Hello, and welcome to David's Book Talk. And we're at, we have a special author. He's a new author. I've never talked to him before, Mick Finley. He has written two books uh, on Arrowwood. He's a, a detective sort of in the Sherlock Holmes genre. And his new book is called The Murder Pit, and it's out from Mira. Uh, hello, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thanks, David. Thanks for asking me to, to do this. I, I, these books are just... I mean, I, I, I miss the characters already, just from having read the first... And you laugh, but it's absolutely the truth. I miss them. I, I, I can't wait for book three. And, and you know, you're, you've, you've created some of those memorable characters I've ever read in books. Oh, thank you, thank you. And it's very difficult to do because I've read a lot of books, and some books you read, and, you know, and the story is really solid, but the, not necessarily the characters. There's a thing out there now where it seems like you know, authors have they try to get as many books out as they possibly can, but sometimes you know the characters suffer because of that. They're not exactly three dimensional. Yeah, characters were really important for me. In fact, when I came up for the idea of the first Arrowwood book, it was it was all about the character. Um, I was reading a Sherlock Holmes story, and Sherlock Holmes at one point says, "I'm the only consulting detective in the world," and and there were actually real private detectives working in London when Sherlock Holmes was supposed to be around. And I thought, if it, if that was me as a private detective, I would I would be really annoyed by Sherlock Holmes saying that. And that's when the character of the idea for the character came to me of William Arrowwood, a detective who was who was not as successful as Sherlock Holmes, but was working in the same city. Um, and I, so, so the whole thing was driven by the character initially. So yeah, ca- characters are really important for me, and I love developing them as well from from book to book and seeing how their interactions change and and so on. Well, and Arrowwood, he is not exactly an everyday guy. He he's annoying and 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 lovable. I mean, he's, he he has a heart, but he's just he seems to be. I mean, I'm laughing just thinking about him because he's. I think if I lived next door to him, I'd probably be totally annoyed by him. Don't you think you would too? Uh, yeah. Although uh, yes, I mean, he is he is very volatile. Um, the good thing about him is that you know he's got a good heart and his 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 motivation is is in exactly the right place. But yeah, he he is affected by some of the um, difficult situations that 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 occurred in in Victorian London, particularly if he didn't have that much money. So you know he has a number of health concerns and uh, you know he he is liable to lose his temper and things like that. And, and another thing I was yeah, thinking about. Sure. Right. What I was thinking about is how how heavy is this guy? You you do describe him as kind of portly. He is overweight, definitely. He's not obese, right. but he's definitely overweight. He and looks I overweight on the front of the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they kept drawing. Actually, that's that's an interesting story. You know, because when you, when the publishers design your covers, the the person who draws the covers doesn't read the book. So they don't actually know anything about the characters, and what they tend to do is to draw a tall, lean man if it's a if it's a, based around a male character. And I kept having to tell them, no, make him shorter and make him wider. And mm-hmm. they would do it a bit, but not quite as much as I wanted them to. 
Well, I mean, you, you really are a, truly a really gifted writer. I mean, it, and it's very apparent from the first book that you read, from Arrowwood, which was the first oh, well, book in the series, you, that you have, you have quite a gift for, for not only storytelling, but characterization and, and, and describing places is amazing. I mean, I can still see the dung in the horse stalls. You know, and, well, that's really nice to hear. <laughs> well, it's absolutely the truth, and I'm a, I'm a big reader. I've read a lot of different books, so I know a good writer when I when I see it. Not that I'm going to tell everybody they're not a good writer, but <laughs> it's there are it's just some that really can can really get to it, and you do, and it's amazing that that I feel like I'm right there with the characters, and you know, this book, The Murder Pit, starts very simply. Oh. Uh, Somebody, the, the parents want to find their their child isn't speaking to them after she gets married. She doesn't talk to them anymore, and she they simply want to make sure she's okay. So it seems like a simple, simple enough problem. You know, we'll have this done in a couple of days and be back to back to work, work on something else. You know, it it seems simple, but you know how simple it is with these mystery novels. <laughs> Yeah, that structure is is modelled on Raymond Chandler because in my in my early twenties I was I was completely obsessed with Raymond Chandler and I, I I bought all these all his original short stories I found I found there before he developed them into the full novels and and I read all his letters and I I just loved Raymond Chandler and and I, I didn't start writing crime fiction until my late forties but. It all that always stuck with me as I loved the way he set up a book, which was, which was he would he would be um, the detective would be would be called to a, what seemed like a fairly simple problem, um, but then the more he got involved in this in trying to find the solution to this problem, the more complicated everything became, um, and I loved that way of of writing mystery books, and and I, I have to say that that that's. that's just seemed to me the right way that I should write it as well. Right now, w w were these not your first books? Did you have books published before this? No, this Arrowwood was the first book I had published. I, I had written novels before, but they were never published. So I, um, I had quite a long apprenticeship, I would say. And what kind of novels were they? Mystery novels, also? No, they weren't. No, this was the, my first mystery novel. Was Arrowwood? In fact, they they were more. Um, I suppose sort of literary fiction, but light. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. There was yeah. Well, there's definitely some humor in these. <laughs> there's definitely some humor in these, but but they're very serious at the same time. Also, I would say more serious than than lighthearted. But there's definitely some lighthearted moments in these two books. Yeah, I, th I mean that's what I like in a book is if if there is there are moments, even if it's a, a hard subject if there are moments which make you laugh that that's a, that's the sort of book I enjoy reading so I did try and do that myself. Now Arrowwood is he's separated from his wife as we start the first book he's separated already isn't he? Yeah, he is. And so it, no entanglements there so you don't have a wife weighing him down which is, so he's he's kind of free to do what he wants to do. Well, he's free, but but also that's not such a good thing because because a man like Arrowwood shouldn't be that free, <laughs> right? Because he's not, you know, he, he is a bit too um, controlled by his emotions. Uh, so I mean, he is better off. In fact, that's his sister arrives mm -hmm. within the first few chapters of the first book. And she's a pretty, she, she's pretty much a powerhouse yeah. too. Yeah, she certainly is. She's, she is a strong character, um, and she 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 has an important role in both the books. In fact.
She's but, but, you know, part of it is that she's there to observe. I mean, he, his assistant, Norman Barnett, is there to observe him, but, but he works for Arrowwood, but whereas his Arrowwood sister, Etty, is, 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 is a different kind of observer. She's much more of a moral, makes a moral commentary on his behavior. Right, exactly. She's very different from Mrs. Hudson in the Sherlock Holmes books. Mrs. Hudson's more of a... She's yeah, more, very... <laughs> she's very loyal to the Sherlock Holmes, whereas Eddie is not as loyal. <laughs> she's kind of... She kind of puts him in his place, which is nice to see. She does, and, and she... Yeah, and she's really useful because because by the end of the book, you realize that Arrowwood has made quite a number of moral compromises to, to reach the end of the case and, and has had to make some decisions which you might not actually agree with. Um, and, and Etty is there to, to grill him over that and to, you know, say, hold on, you know, you should not have done that. And he has, is forced to then justify what he's done, which is, you know, for me, it seems like a quite interesting way of... Um, of trying to, ta you know, tr trying to tackle the issues that actually sometimes detectives, particularly when they didn't have all the techniques they do nowadays, they would have had to do some some things which might have been dubious. And and you know, she she provides a useful function in exploring whether whether those things are acceptable or not. Now, were your were your two books published simultaneously in the UK and in the United States, or were they out in the UK before before the United States? Yeah, they. They came out in the in the United States a couple of months after after the UK. Just a couple of months, yeah. Those, those UK people get things before we do. That irritates me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, we only get UK things first. You get the US things first. Yeah, but you get all those PB, those wonderful PBS programs like a year ahead of us. So it's like you have a jump on us. Oh, you, do we? Oh yeah, a lot okay. of times that mystery stuff. There's a there's one coming on this Sunday here in the United States called Un Unforgotten. I think you've already you've probably already seen it in in the UK. We have had that. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but yeah, we have had that. Yeah, it's just it, we're just getting it now for Sunday. You know, it's like you guys have already seen it and probably right. reviewed it a hundred times already. It's kind of a weird feeling yeah, yeah. when you you feel like you're second class. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd like that. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> you're not making it any better for me either by saying that. <laughs> no, I, I apologize. Yeah, you make sure they, they correct that. Well, yeah, I don't want that happening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that the same thing I, happened. I'll have a word with someone. The same thing happened when Downton Abbey came out. You guys had Downton Abbey way before we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and it was yeah, annoying. Incredibly popular here. Yeah, it was, right. <laughs> it was even more popular here than it was there, I think. Well, I don't know. I don't know where it was pop okay. more popular. But these books, I mean, writing Arrowwood, writing The Murder Pit, were they equally as hard to write or was one, or, or are they getting harder as each one goes along? The Murder Pit was, I found, was, I was completely exhausted when I finished writing The Murder Pit. And that's because I, I think it, it dealt with issues which, which were, are much more sensitive. Um, so I had there's there's a few main characters who have intellectual disabilities in it, and uh, one one of them has got Down syndrome, in fact, and they have quite a voice in and and they they play a large part in the action. And also my my background is psychology. I, I'm a lecturer and teacher in psychology. So you've actually met so some Down syndrome, personal. right? So you've yeah, met. I spent, I spent five. Yeah, I spent five years working in. Um, in services for people with uh, intellectual disabilities, um, and I worked in a few asylums, in 
few of the old Victorian asylums were still being run as hospitals, and I worked in a couple of those as well. So um, I, met, I met a lot of people and got to know a lot of people with Down syndrome and, and other types of syndrome. So I, I really did use those those people I'd known uh, um, to base the characters on. Um, and I did find it really, really exhausting because I didn't want I didn't want to stereotype them or or write sort of crude caricatures of what people with those. No, I think you did a phenomenal like. job. Yeah, yeah, thanks. You make them human. Yeah. I mean, to humanize them and, and to make and to make sure everybody understands these are people too. They just they may not be able to do all the things we can do, but they there's a heart in there, there's a soul in there, and they have. They have passions and they have things they love, and you know. And I absolutely, and and they, they, and they, you know, the relationships they have are so solid. And I tried to, I tried to bring them out in that way because because they, the, the characters in the book are living very difficult lives, and they are, they are exploited. Um, so you, you have to give a sense of how negative they were seen by a lot of people and how badly they were treated. But I tried to bring out their humanity through the, the relationships they had with each other. Um, in the book. Exactly, and, and Rosanna, oh, Rosanna. <laughs> I cringe when I oh, think yeah. about her. <laughs> you know, and, and, but I, I'd also love to see more. I'd love to see a battle of wits again with, with her. I mean, she's such a, a strong character. She's, so, she's such a no-nonsense, you're not going to screw with me kind of character. Yeah, and she may well come back because she, she escaped justice and went to Australia to set up a home for um, um, vulnerable women, so she may well be back. And I didn't want to mention that. I was afraid that would give that would be a spoiler. I don't know. Should we say oh, spoiler here? I shouldn't have said that, should I? <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it, is, it a, is it or isn't it a spoiler? I don't know. But <laughs> That is a spoiler, and I shouldn't have said it. But you couldn't help you. It's hard not to talk about these things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The books are—I mean, their books are so much fun to read, you know. And 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 to be able to delve into these characters and get—and that's what you want. You want books where you can you find you can feel for these characters, even if you hate them. It's still a feeling, you know. Yeah. It, as Dennis Lehane said, he says, "I don't mind if you love my books or you hate my books. Don't be apathetic to my books. That's what I don't like." Yeah, yeah. You don't want that happening. Well, yeah, I, like I don't care one way or the other okay. about your book, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be awful. That would be terrible. That it, it is. When you I think know, about that, it's it's like the people you meet. I mean, if if they love you, if they hate you, whatever. You don't. Nobody likes to be hated. Let's face it, or or disliked in any okay. way. But to have somebody say, "I really don't care about you," that really can hurt. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. awful. <laughs> See, even think about it, it makes you, makes you cringe. Right? So, I know, you've depressed me. No, no, I, I didn't mean to. But, because that's probably never happened to you. <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm in my 50s, so I mean, I'm, it's happened to all of us a number of times, I would have thought, in our lives. <laughs> well, I don't know. If, I, I've had people but, that. Yeah. I've had a couple of people in my life who don't talk to me anymore, and yet, yes, it does. It does. It is painful, but you get over it and you move yeah. on and you, you try to make amends. And if, if they don't want to make amends, are they worth having as a friend to begin with? That's the question. If there's nothing. Yeah, that's right. And, and people who don't know you very well. It's just, it's, 
the trick is not to not to worry about what's in their mind about you. If they don't know you, it doesn't. But you, but getting back to let's not let's not talk about depressing things like that. So how did we get on that subject no. anyway? <laughs> because you, well, you're such a likable guy. There's no way anybody could dislike you anyway. I don't believe that. But and, and the the wonderful thing about publishing is there's not a lot of authors that are in competition with other authors. You don't hear about that. You never hear about that. It seems like everybody's very very kind and, and loving toward one another. Now, are is is there a feeling that maybe there's maybe, but you don't hear about it. Um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. We we have quite a few crime festivals, and I suppose you 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 use the label mystery, but over in the UK we call it crime fiction. Right. But um, and and we have quite a few festivals where the public come to hear talks given by crime writers, and and crime writers sort of descend on those festivals just to chat with each other, and there's a real sense of solidarity. Um, which is lovely, uh, and support, you know, that when I, before I published my first book, I'd spoken to quite a few successful crime writers who, who were really happy to sit down with me and give me advice and things like this. So there is, there's a really, there's a good sense of that. Um, but, but, uh, and there is, I mean, I don't, we can't deny that there is competition. There's competition to get in the, on the shelves of bookshops and to get right. reviews in newspapers and things like that. So, I mean, it can be very hard if you see other authors are, you know, are, are in the bookshop and your book isn't in the bookshop. Um, so it, I think everybody tries not to be affected by that. Well, you've made it, though. You've made the bookshops. You're, you're all over Barnes & Nobles in this area, too. Oh, am I? Well, that's, well, that's good right. to hear. I, mean, I don't... Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what's going on about in, in the North America, actually, very much, because I don't get much information um, passed on to me. So I, I'd love to come over to America someday and see and see. But, you know, I, I, I worry. I, you know, I, I wonder whether people are reading it in, in the States. Um, so it's great to hear that it's in Barnes & Noble. Yeah, well, that's how I found it. I was walking down to the front of the store, and there was your book, Arrowwood, and I said, oh, that looks interesting. And I picked it up and I said now I got to find out who the publisher is so I can get a copy and see how if I can interview this guy and you yeah. see as a just a regular guy as I am it's hard for me to get authors on my show a lot of times although I have interviewed quite a quite a number of famous authors I mean, you have, certainly have and got a it, good list there yeah, and, and but it's sometimes difficult. Everybody's so busy writing the next book they don't have time for me you know and it's it's really frustrating at times Oh dear! Yeah, it, it can, you've got a great. I love your website and all those interviews. It's an incredible yeah. resource, actually. I, and I—that's actually just the tip of the iceberg. I've interviewed many, 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 many more on top of that that aren't even on the site. There's, there's just not room for everybody. But you know, I remember the first interview I did was Tess Gerritsen. Oh, fantastic. She's a, a terrific crime novelist here in the United States. And yeah. one of the funniest things that ever happened was I said to her, I said, when you made your first million, I said, what was the first thing you went out and bought? <laughs> Do you know what she said to me? <laughs> she said, underwear. <laughs> only, that can only come from an I mean, from an <laughs> To this day, it, it remains one of the funniest things I've ever heard. It's like underwear. Of all things, you went out and bought underwear. Other people would buy a car or a house or a boat. You yeah, bought underwear. Exactly, yeah. What kind of underwear is a is million dollars? <laughs> uh, you, you, 
much better quality underwear than she's worn before. <laughs> That's right. So each each <laughs> book each book in this series. Now you finished book three already, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could slip a copy in yeah, the mail for me. <laughs> I will when it's when yeah, because I've still got to make a few changes because I'm meeting my editor next week and he's suggested a few changes to it. But yeah, eventually, probably in about six months or eight months, there'll be a. God, I can't wait. I'm, copies. Yeah. I'm gonna, it's like yeah. it's like being on a drug. I feel like I'm in withdrawal. <laughs> Do you have any idea what it does to a person? Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, it's great to hear it though. Yeah, and um, and everybody reads this. People online are crazy like that. They want the next one. They're like, where? And they're going to be like, where is Arrowwood? We want Arrowwood. <laughs> I think there should be billboards up on the highways, like, where is Arrowwood? You know? Yeah, so do I. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I wonder how long, that I wonder how much it would cost us to rent a billboard. Yeah, well, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, the only thing I know about billboards in the States is that film from last year, the year before. Yes, that... Something the, like, called some... Yes, the one with Francis McDormand. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting movie. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was didn't have the best ending I've ever seen in the movie, but it certainly was a, it was an interesting movie. There's no doubt about it. It was yeah, yeah. quite intriguing. Yeah. But but I mean, they, I can see them making making some TV out of this out of this series too. Well, yeah, funnily you should say that. But um, a te television company has um, bought the options, and we've been working on a script for the last year and a half is that right um yeah and we've got a we've finally got a script and there's a there's a i can't tell you the name of the director but there's a fantastic tv director who did a very successful show which i um last year and uh, he is um signed up to it so they're about to go and see if they can um sell it to one of the tv broadcasts. oh my god that's going to be that's so, amazing um, it would be fantastic. It really would be. And who would play Arrowwood? Now, who could we get to play Arrowwood? I wonder. Well, what do you think? That, that's a that's a tough question because I'm I can't really picture his him facially. I can picture his body more than I can picture his face for some reason. Well, that's probably quite a good thing because that means there's a wider <laughs> there's a wider range of factors. I mean, I know who the. I, 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 it's hard for me to say who I, I can picture because I know who the TV company want want to want to play Arrowwood, and I'm not allowed to tell anybody. Really? Because they haven't approached. No, they haven't approached him yet. And so you. So maybe you. But could... I, you know, there's a lot. Of, you just need. I think you just need a. Because I mean, he is a, he is overweight, but you, you really you don't have to have an overweight actor to play it. You know who I'd love with a lot of character in their face. You know who I would love to see play him, and this guy would be perfect, Paul Giamatti. Who's he? Oh, he's an American actor. He was in um, he's in that show Billions now. With um, oh yeah, which guy is he? In? Is, he's the old. He, he's a lawyer. Yes. Oh, he's wonderful. He would make a wonderful Arrowwood. I think he would he make. He would. A... You're right. What was that? The movie he did, I think, it was called Cinderella Man. He's fantastic in it. Oh my God. Yeah. He, he's one of those actors. Yeah. You give him a meaty role, he's going to run with it. He's going to run and run and yeah, run with yeah, it. Absolutely. But I think he's a little busy with billions, so he may not be available. <laughs> no. Maybe between, no. but it may be between billions seasons because they only do like what ten episodes a season or something. So maybe he'll have some time. 
Uh, but I, I don't know if he could do the British. I wonder if he could do the British accent. Well, that's a big question because he would have to have a London accent. Right, that might be a little bit of a problem. He he was he was very much um, criticized for his John Adams miniseries. I don't know why people had very bad reactions to that miniseries. When it was what was a, it called? I haven't seen it. It was called John Adams. He was in it with Laura. Okay. Laura Linney was his wife, and but it, for some reason got very, very panned. For some reason, it was not well received. Okay. I don't, I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure why. So book three is done. Do you have an idea for book four already? I've got um, about five ideas, and I just have to narrow them down to one. Um, and I, I have a feeling of what, of the one I'm going to actually choose, but it is, of course, is the most difficult one to write. Why? Um, but what? it's something to do. It's it's something to do with. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard about this, but um, in Europe, in 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 London, in the Victorian era, people were because it was England had so many colonies. People were really fascinated by the people who lived in those. Um, uh, overseas territories and they used to have these shows these grand shows where um, they would bring uh, representatives of say African tribes to London to Crystal Palace or somewhere and they would set up a mock village from this African country mm. and they would and, and, the, and the, the people would then have to act out how they cooked food and stuff um, and I and I really I, I find this really interesting because the people were paid, but uh, you know I'm not quite sure how much free will they had um, mm. to do this and and how they actually got to Britain in the first place. Were, were this was after the slave trade, um, so I I'm, I'm just wondering if I can write a mystery which features that sort of a setup. Now, and speaking it's very of it, difficult because it's very racially sensitive. So. Right, and that's unusual because authors don't usually reveal two books ahead to me so I feel like I feel like we've got a scoop here <laughs> yeah you have got a scoop although I may not write that book I might write well now you have to because you got us interested all my listeners are like well he's got to write the book now we're in we're curious now I think yeah. I think you've committed already there <laughs> I don't think you have a choice now. <laughs> but if it's fascinating you I think you have to write about it unless you, unless you can't really unless you really can't come up with a story yeah, well, the, it's it's it's. The, the, I think they had an advantage of writing about historical um, uh, situations is that I'm now I now constantly read the histories of, Vic, of the Victorian era, and I'm always looking at in the British Library. There's they've got a, you can read all the British uh, newspapers of the time. Oh wow! You can follow stories from day to day, and I keep finding new stories I could write about and new ideas. You know, and I just keep the the longer I look, the more ideas I have. Are you allowed? Um, are you allowed to talk about book three at all, as far as a little bit of a hint of what the plot could be? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, this one's different from the first two in that it's it's set on the River Thames. Oh. So it's all about the yeah people who made their living um, on the river because it was such. It, London was a huge port, and you'd have people from all over the world um, working on the river. Um, so this is about, <clears throat> I don't know, how much can I say now? It's about, so, so, so people come to Arrowwood, this, uh, this captain of a, of a paddle steamer, and he runs um, day trips to um, this sort of seaside resort where 
and it's a working class steamer, so it's for the poor East End residents right. um, to have a day out from their work in the summer. And somebody has been uh, um, vandalizing his, bo- his boat, and uh, oh. are gra- is, they're gradually destroying it, and he doesn't know who it is. So he comes to Arrowwood for some help. We better not. We better not say. And, uh, we better not say too uh, much more than that. <laughs> yeah, he gets into a world which is much more complicated than it seems initially. Well, that sounds exciting. I can't wait to read that. Wow. I mean, you you really tell such wonderful stories, and and, and people are going to fall in love with that word right away. I mean, I I can't imagine that they haven't already. But I, I'm definitely going to spread the word now. Maybe I'll get my own billboard here and start talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be I great if I could it. do that? <laughs> I want to buy that billboard. But when you really love a series, you want you want to share it with everybody. Now, you know you know that everybody's not going to love it. There's, going to, there's always going to be that one person who says, ah, I don't like it. You know, there's always that one person. Sure. But no matter what book yeah. you're talking about, I mean, I mean, there are people who didn't like Girl with the, on the Train. But I thought I loved Girl on the Train. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, great book. Simply because I couldn't tell when she was coherent and when she wasn't. You know, is she drunk or is she not drunk? Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. kind of, that kind of added to the... To the fun of the book. I mean, once you once you get into that meat of the novel and you can really sink your teeth into it, really sink into the book and and enjoy it like I can with yours. I mean, that's what makes it worth reading. That's what the thrill of reading is. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's just something you can't describe. But once you hit it, you know it. You you're like, this is it. This is the kind of book I want. Uh, right now, I'm reading the new Anthony Horowitz. Well, the word is murder. It was the one that came out last year, and I'm really getting into it. But it took oh, yeah. me, it took me a while to get into it. I don't uh-huh. know. Sometimes it takes longer than others, you know. But but yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. between book one and book two, how much time elapsed between when you were done book one and started book two? Um. Well, uh, yeah, that's a difficult question to answer because I, I thought I was finished when I sent it to, to when I got signed by my agent, and then and I so I started writing book two after she signed me. Right now, she hadn't sold book one yet to a publisher, but then she she we spent about a year after that where she kept suggesting changes. Um, so I, I was I was I was sort of writing a bit of the second book and then going back to the first book and changing it. And then, and then it got bought by the publishers, and then the editor asked for some more changes. So I was sort of, I was, there was a big overlap in the two. So you were actually um, writing both books at once, I and mean, you were editing one and doing another. That's right, yeah. And I guess that went on for a year, maybe a year and a half. Well, let me ask you, the but edit... In terms of, I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, no, were you, the edits that they suggested, do you think they were valid? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, um, mo- yeah, most of them were, definitely. Um, it, it is quite a difficult decision when you get suggestions from other people as to whether you should take them up on those suggestions. But some of them are things which I had thought as I was writing it or as I was, when I was revising it myself. I, in the back of my mind, I wasn't sure if something was working or if I needed to add something, but I didn't actually act on it. And then when, when my editor or my agent says, I think you should do this, sometimes they said exactly the thing that I 
had sort of ignored. I'd known, but I'd ignored it. Right. And that's when you know, yeah, we're on the same page, and that's really good. Well, do you open the letter? I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh, yeah. Other times they suggest things which you haven't thought of. Now, now some of those, immediately you know, oh, yes, of course, that is a good idea, and I'll do that. But then the difficult ones are when they suggest things you hadn't thought about, and you're not sure. And, and there are often things where you think, well, yes, I could do that, and it wouldn't harm the novel, but I don't know if it would improve it either. And that's when the difficult decisions... Um, God, it's hard being a writer. The editing is the hardest part. I mean, I, I spend, I, I probably do 10 to 15 drafts of book. And, you know, once I'm onto my ninth or tenth draft, it's, 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 it's a hard slog. But I think by the time you're doing all those drafts, you, you know you have a good solid story by then. It's just a question of tweaking it. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I would hate to send a book out where I where I hadn't sort of sanded it until it was com as smooth as I can make it. Well, that's where the editor comes in. That's where you trust your editor. You, you make sure he's he's really happy, and then you send him the book, and you're like, "Help me! If, if, tell me what's what's not right in there." You know, and and when you trust that edit, yeah. editor enough, then it becomes it should become a a more seamless process, shouldn't it? It should do. I mean, the, the, the first two books, I had a different editor, and she left the the publishing house and joined another publisher. So then I, uh, for the third book, I'm now working with a, a new editor. It's not like uh, anybody's ever, you never hear any author say they want to kill their editor. But, <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> but, I mean, you, the editor is so valuable. Um, you need a you need another after after writing ten drafts of a book, you need somebody else's eyes on it. Exactly. You really cannot see it objectively. You, and I, I we had corresponded before we did this interview about some of the things that were confusing to me. Some of the some of the terminology is a little confusing for Americans, I think. So yeah, I yeah. that's so. I know. Yeah. Looking at it from my point yeah, of view, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, that's something that I was aware of when I was writing it. But then I remember when I read Raymond Chandler, um, there were always some of the dialogue, bits of dialogue, which I didn't understand. And it's, I think it's because the vernacular in, in Los Angeles at the time it just didn't translate into, you know, a British, British uh, vocabulary or, or sense of phrases. But I, even though I didn't understand what he was saying, and it was usually when he was talking with a, a, a you know, a criminal or a hustler or something, mm -hmm. and they had that really snappy dialogue, and I sometimes I didn't understand it, but I liked it, right. and I liked the feeling of it, and I felt, oh, I don't actually need to know what that means. I just like the way it's going. Right. So I did. I was sort of aware of that when I was writing Arrowwood that some words people wouldn't know, not many, but some, and I thought, I just, I, I thought, well, it didn't. It, it might annoy some people, but other people might might be happy. There was one passage I wanted to mention, Dave. But I, I won't be able to find it because it's it's. I, I I thought I remember what page it was on, but it was it was just a sentence that looked like it was missing a word. And then I read it again. And I thought, no, I think it's supposed to be like that, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> and yeah, um, I'm looking here. I, yeah, I don't know if I can find it again, but. It was right around in the in the in the. But I I thought, I looked I read it again. I think I think that word doesn't belong there. I think it's just the way you talk in your novels, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And and I but it yeah. bothered me. I because the the one thing that bothers me is if if there's a word if there's blatantly a word missing from a 
from a from a book. Like you'll read a book and it'll say, yeah, yeah. like the, the 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 man walked down the street, and if they forget the word down, walk, the man, and then it doesn't make any sense. That really bugs the crap out of me when I see that. And I think that's just a glaring but, editor yeah. they miss. They miss that. That bugs me. Well, so, that, so that's either a mistake which wasn't picked up, or, or it's part of the. Because I did try and, and make the language a bit more. Because the, the narrator is a wor- is a working class. He's from a poor background in London, and they did have a particular way of talking. And I haven't I haven't written a whole novel like that. But there are sort of inflections now and then where you see that. As long as it's it, when we're reading a novel, as long as it's essential to the story, as far as a critical point in the mystery, then it, it should be okay. I mean, if it's something, if it's some kind of an aside, you don't really need to know about. It's just, it just, it just. Yeah. But you know what's great in the murder pit? That the, the courtroom scenes are terrific. Just absolutely oh, electric. Like oh, I do. I, I really enjoy that. Sometimes, sometimes an author will will cheapen out and not even you. You'll, they'll go into court and then something will happen and then you'll, they'll never go back to court again. And I think that's that's cheap. I want to see this whole thing play out. I don't want you to, to have a murder or something and then everything happens and nothing gets done with the, the courtroom scenes. The courtroom scenes are important, and we need to see yeah. that. We need to, we need to feel that tension, and that's what works so well in the murder pit. Those courtroom scenes are wonderful. Well, I'm really glad you said that because they were so... I found them very difficult to write, and I went over and over to try and get them fluid, but also to try and get the tension just right. I went, I went over and over. And what Arrowwood does to, at the one point with the dog is just blew me away. I was like, "Oh my gosh, how could you do that?" And you know, and, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, and yeah, I, I, that when I thought of it, when I, that idea came to me, I thought, "Can you, can you actually do this?" Or should you just been the idea, or is, they, have, is this too much? But I went for it, and I know, you know, I, I, I didn't want to. So I wanted to be brave about it and 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 do it because I feel that Arrowwood would have done it. Right. Although it's not, most detectives would not have done that. Well, that's what we ask ourselves as we're reading the book. Is this seem like something he would do? Because he is impulsive. He's very impulsive. He doesn't always think ahead. Yeah. He, he's he's more of a we have to do it this way we don't have a choice you know and then he'll do it and then maybe he'll regret it later which is scary yeah absolutely impulsive people but can then you be do wonder what it... I'm sorry yeah you, yeah and then the question is well if he hadn't done it right would they have been convicted yeah exactly and, open, and we'll never know the answer to that no I think the answer is they wouldn't have I think they would have gotten off but that's just my opinion I yeah, mean just from yeah. the way things yeah. turned I know how things turned out so when you're when, you, yeah. when you're able to see that you you can see it more clearly maybe but but there are things that there are things that Arrowhead has done that he's not proud of yes definitely so those things are he's going to have to I'm sorry no carry on no go ahead yeah, he, he he is put in he's, because he's put in such difficult situation. He hasn't met much, many resources apart from his wits, and so he has to you know. He, and he, he is he does say he uses psychology um, because he hasn't got. He's not like Sherlock Holmes, and he he knows you know a hundred different varieties of cigarette ash and um, things like that. He, he hasn't got that. 
can't, he hasn't got the forensic skills of Sherlock Holmes, so he has to use his way with people and his understanding of human psychology to try and get to the end of these cases. Um, so, so yeah, he, 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 is, he does do things that he, he will maybe will haunt him, actually. Well, the detail... is there. Right. The details you have in the Sherlock Holmes stories, they're actually accurate, then. Everything you mentioned... They're, that, yeah, they're... Yeah. They're actually... Yeah, that... Everything about Sherlock Holmes that I've put in there is is from his real, the real stories. Yeah. And is it mixed with your feelings? I mean, do you feel the same way Arwood does that he he sort of that Sherlock Holmes sort of lucked into these the sol the solving of these cases? Um, I, I I'm a great fan of Sherlock Holmes, and I think Conan Doyle is a wonderful writer, and those stories are full of pleasure for me. But but yeah, you know, a lot of his his solutions are guesses. Actually, I mean, he says they're. You know, he says, for example, he'll say, when you've exhausted all the other possibilities, the one remaining possibility has to be the truth. And he, he, he will exhaust two possibilities, and he says, so therefore this third one must be the truth. And I think, oh, no, hold on, there was probably 50 possibilities. You have to exhaust all the other 48 right. before you get to that one. So, yeah, I, I, he, he is, I do believe he's lucky, but, that doesn't, but he's still a joy to read. But there are, there are two burning questions in this series, though. And the first one is, will Arrowhead ever get back with his wife? And two, will Barnett ever find love? And, and you know what I mean by that. But I don't want to give anything away. I do. But, but, I do. but these are two burning like questions it. that I need to know the answers to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you feel that way, because I also want to know the answers to those questions. <laughs> Right now, how many books are you are you committed to write? I mean, how many books do you know there will there will be right now? Is there definitely going to be a fourth? Yeah, I'm contracted to to write a fourth book, which I'm which is the one I'm trying to work out now what it will be. Um, and if if they're successful enough for the publishers, then they'll presumably offer me another contract for a few more. Um, and all, but also, if the TV series comes out, I'm sure I will be writing more because um, that is so exciting. I can't tell you how excited that gets me hearing that. Yeah, it is very exciting. The, the, the TV company has been amazing. They've, they've invited me to all the script meetings because I'm not writing the script. There's a there's a playwright. In fact, it, it, he was on Broadway. He did um, a play called Festen on Broadway. Huh. He's, a, he's a British playwright, um, and he's been writing the script. Uh, so they've invited me to all the script meetings, and it's been absolutely fascinating seeing how different writing for TV is compared to writing. So do you think it'll be on the BBC? Um, that's not their first choice. Um, oh, I, I, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> you're, you're enticing me to say things I'm not, I shouldn't say. Um, there's a range of broadcasters, so there's the, there's the British terrestrial ones, which are ITV, BBC, and Channel 4 here. But then there's also Netflix and Apple. And Acorn. How about Acorn TV? 
I don't know them. Is that, is that, I know that's an American one, is it? You no, know, it's. I think. Well, it's a. It's a site where you just you pay five dollars a month and you can watch as many shows as you want. It's sort of like oh, okay. they're the ones that have Vera. You've seen Vera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vera's. Oh, uh, yeah. I, Vera's good, isn't she? <laughs> she's she's a she's one of those people you you respect, but you want to slap them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a difficult woman. <laughs> she is, and she yeah. she tends to a good detective. Yeah, <laughs> she is. She's a very good detective, but she's not exactly likable a lot of times. And she yeah. she can see I right like through that. you too. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no, nothing hidden with Vera. She wants to know everything. <laughs> and I think Arrow, exactly. in a lot of ways, Arrowwood is the same way. Yeah. He wants to know that hidden motive. He wants to know why you've done it. He wants to know, you know, how could you be so stupid, kind of thing. You know. He's kind of yeah. a. He's and, kind yeah, of, and he's yeah, he's much more forthright in in grilling people. Not so, in a way a policeman would do, but but more in a, in a human way. I don't know that we can tell. I, we you mentioned the title for the third one. We better not mention it in case they don't use it for the title of the book. But I definitely w- would love to see a better title than that. <laughs> I know my friends tell me the same thing. Whenever I have a title, they they, they say you cannot have that title. <laughs> oh really? They um, they hate your titles? Yeah. They hate my titles. In fact, none of the Arrowwood wasn't called Arrowwood either. Well, you did. That's the agent. My agent suggested it was called Arrowwood. Right. Well, you can just tell them. Is you can hate my titles. Just don't hate me. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or hate my books. You know. <laughs> Although. Yeah. But I would think though, and I, you probably never come across anybody who said they hated your books, but. I would think if I came across somebody who said they hated a certain book that I loved, I would I would be like, why did you hate it? Why? And yeah. I'd want to know why. Yeah. I mean, it, the books are difficult, aren't they? Because you you can have a, a friend of yours who you like most of the same things as each other, and then you love a book, and they just don't get it the way you do. Right. Well, that's it's perplexing. It is. It's very perplexing. I mean, why did two million people read Girl on the Train, you know? And when yeah, a, yeah. a lot of the people I talk to say, you know, they, they like it, but they didn't, they didn't love it. But for some reason, yeah. that book, yeah. the, whoever did the marketing on that book was a genius because it just took off. I mean, it absolutely yeah. just took off. And, and I'm sure Arrowwood's going to be the same way. I mean, unbelievably good. I mean, it, it really is that good. And well, thank you. I really hope it does take off. It's funny because I I didn't read it for a while when I first got it. I first, but uh, thanks to Mira, I got the first two books in the mail. But I didn't read it at first, and I I put it aside. I, and I knew I was going to go back to it at some point. And, and I once I started, I was like, wow, I can't believe I didn't read this before. It was wonderful, and I felt that way about both of them. And, and I think a lot of people are going to feel that way about both. But when do you think you'll start book four? Getting itchy fingers now, but I, th- I, I, I only finished book three properly about a month ago, and I was it, I, it really exhausts me because I, I have another job. I teach psychology, so oh. I teach for three days a week, and I end, and I write for four days a week, and and after after I've been doing that for a year, a year and a half on one book, I'm just shattered, and so I decided I wouldn't, I would not write for two months, and it's, I'm a month into that, and I'm already. 
eyeing the keyboard, thinking, uh, I could get. but I, I, I really feel I need to clear my mind. Right. So I'm thinking in about a month's time. But uh, your editor, you never really get mad at them when you get the, the them saying to you, "We change this and change that." Don't don't. Isn't your first reaction sometimes like, "Oh, leave me alone. Let me do what I want." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so <you'd>, exactly. <laughs> let's hope your editor's not listening actually, right I, now. <laughs> well, it's funny you should. It's funny you should say that because I, my new editor, I've not worked with him before. Um, he sent me through his notes on on the third book yesterday. So it's, you've, you've asked that at a very um, prescient time. Um, so and I and I put on. I, the, I saw the email was there, and I read the first bit saying, "Here's here. I hope these comments are useful." And I I didn't open it, and I waited for about three or four hours before opening it because I knew, uh, you know, I was worried. What's he going to say? Well, I knew he I knew he liked it. He said it's the best. It's the best so far, which was fantastic. And he said to me that on the phone. But this, the notes, I couldn't open. But then I did open them, and every one of them was spot on. And I thought, yes, yes, this is fantastic. So I'm going to go and meet him and talk through it next. That's time. thrilling. I was frightened. Yeah, yeah. That's thrilling. That's really thrilling to hear because you is. know it. It, it yeah. a lot of times our first reactions to things are not always right. Like somebody will say something to us, we want to react, we want to say, you know, shut up, leave me alone. But sometimes, you know, just listening to a person, hearing what they're where they're coming from, maybe it's not as bad as you think, you know, or maybe it, it's a little better than than you than you than your first reaction. And sometimes it's just the wrong time. And you, if you talk to somebody at the wrong time, they're going to blow up at you. And that's, yeah, that is so true. And, and you, it's just you have to gauge what, and sometimes waiting that extra minute or waiting that extra thirty seconds is means all, makes all the difference in the world. Sometimes you jump too you jump too fast. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and with editorial notes, sometimes it takes a few days actually to, and you, you go you go over it again and again in your mind, and then three days later you think actually. This would be a better book if I do that. Well, what you do is you meet you, you meet the guy you meet the guy in a pub and then you get him drunk and then you then you then you just you tell him what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you get um, what you want. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. but but could you could you write a book without an editor? Um, I no. It seems to me that a book is. Because I don't just use an editor. Before I even send it to the editor, I have three friends who read the book, and they give me all these comments on it, and I go and work on the book again using their 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 thoughts. Well, how how are they as, as opposed to the to the editor? I mean, are they as good as the editor in, in suggestions? Uh, they're great, although although. I think I discard more of their comments than my editors. I, I, I accept most of my editors' comments, but then I probably accept about you know, 30 to 40% of my friends' comments. But that's because they see it in a rougher stage. And also, um, you know, the, the, each of them has their own particular thing they're interested in. So, for example, one of my friends says to me, I have no interest in plot. All I'm interested in is characters. And that's what she's reading. She doesn't care what happens in the plot. She's just interested in how the characters develop. What a strange reaction. 
It is a strange reaction, yeah, yeah. So, but, but then I know that's what she does. But then, so her comments on the characterization, you know, she always wants me to go further and, and push the characterization further. But then I have to think, no, this is a, this is a mystery novel, you know. And if I spend all my time doing that, I won't get the mystery in it. So, um, so and that, way up, but, and that begs the question. You, you, you said earlier that you go to these crime novel uh, festivals, whatever they're called, Har- Harrow, Harrogate, and others, all those other ones. Harrogate. Yeah. So the question is: Are yeah, these mis- are these mysteries or are they crime novels? And that's that's the question. I consider them mysteries, but you, I mean, what are they really? I mean, how do we determine whether it's a mystery or a crime novel? What's the difference between the two? Because we don't really use the word mystery over here. Really? No, a mystery we think of as like Agatha Christie, you know, the, like who did, who killed this person and why did they do it? And, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And that, what's a crime novel then? A crime novel's more of a, uh, I don't know, well, it involves a crime, obviously, but it's not, don't necessarily have to have a mystery to it. Like, I, I when I think of a crime novel, I think... Yeah, of, okay, so... I, I think of Don Winslow's book. Um, what was that book he wrote? The Force that was out a few years ago. Force, yeah. a, a wonderful, wonderful book. I can't recommend it any more yeah, highly than I have. It is true, but that's more of a crime novel, and there's not really much of a mystery to it because you know who the villains are. Yeah, well, that does that. That definition then makes sense. I mean, I, 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 we don't really use the term mystery much over here, but and everything gets called crime. Well. Um, but, but, even Agatha Christie, and she's she's called cozy. We called her co- cozy crime. Huh? Use that term. And yet, your book, and I'm looking at it right now, says at the top an Arrowhead mystery. So Mira, Mira that's has. That, that's because I have the American copy, right? You do. Although I think it might say that on the British one as well. Actually, I've never thought. I have never thought in this much depth about it. Oh, yeah, it does on the U.K. version. It says the same, an Arrowwood mystery. So you do have mysteries over there. <laughs> well, yeah, although nobody, nobody ever uses that word when I talk to them. I've never heard anyone say that, a mystery. It's always, it's always a crime novel or a crime. So maybe that, yeah, I cannot answer that question. I don't understand it. It's, I think, I think I've, totally, I've totally thrown you for a loop. <laughs> yeah, maybe the publishers use it, but and here, crime writers don't use it. And here's the third burning question. This is the really burning question. Are you going to go into more detail about Jack the Ripper? Well, I hadn't planned to, but that's, that is a really interesting, because the, the, the Ripper happened ten years before the, the first album. Oh, it did, okay. That, I was, but is he still, he's but still at still, large, though. Exactly, yeah, he's still at large, and people are still frightened of him coming back. So there is an, it may well be that, that something happens in future books. I haven't, I haven't decided yet, but that, that's definitely there lingering in the air in London at the time. Well, I would, I would love to see you tackle that. I, big, big time, I would love to see you tackle that. It's, do, you read, do you read Will Thomas? On, on Jack the Ripper? No, his books. I forget the characters' names in his books. Have you ever read his books? Whose books? Will Thomas. No, I haven't. I, do, I haven't heard of Will Thomas. You've never heard of Will Thomas? He, no, he writes. Will Thomas. He writes mysteries that are similar to Sherlock Holmes and Watson. They're very, very similar. 
And okay. He's got a bunch British of them. Writer, yeah. okay. No, he's American. He, okay. he lives in America, and but he's incredibly good. Very, very good. Okay, I'll check him out. But I'll check him out. Will Thomas. Yeah, I'm. I'm amazed you haven't. Uh, I'm. Oh, Llewellyn is one of the character names. I can't. Was it Tom? Is it Llewellyn? And I can't remember the other name. It's not terrible. I can't. You, the names. It's hard with names. You can't always remember names. He's a wonderful man, yeah, too. I find exactly the same. I'm amazed you've never yeah, heard of him. I'll, I'll have a look at that. Well, yeah, I, I spend so much of my time now reading his, history books. Mm -hmm. um, and because I, I teach psychology three days a week, I'm, I'm, I also read psychology books. So I'm t I try and keep up reading crime, mystery, <laughs> mystery and crime books. Um, but... Um, they have to slot in with all the history, so I haven't read as much as many writers as I should. I think. I think the first one's called. So Some, I'll, I'll definitely look him out. The first one's called Some Danger Involved. He's he's a wonderful writer, really, really, really excellent okay. writer. Yeah, yeah. He had a heart attack mm, a number of years ago, and it slowed him down a bit. But he's getting back into the thing, swing of things again. I think he's had one or two books published since, but he's terrific. Yeah. As are you. I mean, you're you're. This is a series that you just can't. It's like eating peanuts. Once you start, you can't stop. Thank you. And I, 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 I sincerely mean that. I, I was talking to a woman the other day, and we were talking about M and M's, about how many M and M's you could eat. And, and she said, "Oh, I, I can open a bag and eat just a couple." I'm like, "Come on! In whose world can you eat two M and M's and not eat more? It's physically impossible." Yeah, I feel. <laughs> I agree with you. I feel the same about Scotch whiskey. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so all, all you need is one of these these festivals with a lot of Scotch whiskey, and you're in heaven. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's there say is a Scottish one called Bloody Scotland. Actually, is there? Which um is full of whiskey. Yeah, that's a good festival. But it's like, let's be honest here. Those festivals. Those men, those authors love to drink at those festivals. So come on, we know they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they, they really do. They start early as well and finish late. And, and you know, it's just, you know, there's nothing wrong with liking to drink. It's, it's a question of how much you like to drink, I guess, is the question. But I don't, right. let's not judge people. You know, let's, let's let them have their fun. They need that. They need that downtime. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? What do you do when you're not writing and and writing psych and teaching psychology? I mean, what what gets you what gets you excited other than that? I mean, what kind of what kind of things do you do to? I love going. I'm sorry. Yeah, I love going to. I I, li I live in a, a city called Brighton, um, right. which is uh, on the coast south of London, and we this is there's a very good live music scene down here, so I love going to see bands. Do you, now, when you're out and about, and it sounds like you're a social butterfly, but do you get ideas for stories? Um, sometimes I'll sit and watch people go past and write very quick character descriptions of them, or try and describe their the way they walk or the way their face is set. And, and so I've got notebooks of, the, of those sorts of things which I draw on. Um, not so much storylines, I don't think. Those those tend to come from reading history books and then trying to um, spin off a situation I've read about in a history book and work out well how could that be how could that be worked into a crime. Um, 
And, I mean, Harlan Coben talks about the what-if scenario. For all his books, he has a what-if. You know, what if? What if a a father had a a daughter who was homeless and he couldn't find her? What if? You know, all all these what-if situations. And for him, he's had worldwide fame from doing it. I mean, he's he's been very, very successful, and he's very good at it. And do you do that what-if well, not explicitly, but but now you've described it, I think I do do that. Yeah, without realizing I was doing it. Like, I think, what if Arrowwood... By the, by the way, are we going to meet... Do you think we're going to meet his his wife sometime soon? I, I, I don't want to do a plot spoiler for book three. Oh, okay. There is a development... In, in book three. I think you know more than you're saying. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope I do, having already read, written the book. <laughs> you're, you're one of these, and, and they're doing it with Game of Thrones now. If, if I hear one more thing about Game of Thrones and I can't watch the show, I'm going to go out of my mind, I think. I think I'm literally going to yeah. lose my mind because they're spoiling it online. I, I love Game of Thrones. Yeah, they're spoiling it online, and I'm sick of hearing about it. Like, okay. just oh yeah, there are all these hints that are, and there, the the some of the scenes they say have have clues about. I don't want clues. I want the show. Just show the show. Yeah, me too. Just stop, yeah, stop too. this tomfoolery and get on with it. And <laughs> yeah, we still have to wait a week for the for the first episode. It's like it's killing me. Stop it, you know. And you just you just I understand that it's a marketing thing. I understand that. But it's too much. Stop it. You know? That's how I feel. Yeah. It, it's like yeah. when you pick up a paperback book and there's a there's a preview of the next hardcover novel, but it's not out yet. And you read it and and you have to stop in the after there's like three or four chapters and you stop there and you're like, All right, now I want the book. You've gotta give me the book. Just stop teasing me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so when do you think book three will be out next year? Well, I noticed on Amazon that that somebody had just put up April, um, which I'm assuming was my publisher's, but they haven't told me that it's April. Um, Really? So that's a year, a year, that'll be a year's time. But I'm going to ask my editor when I see him on Thursday. Well, maybe you could get it out sooner, because I don't know if I can wait till next April. I don't know that I can wait that long. I really enjoy these books. I mean, what you're doing is is phenomenal. It really, really is. And I just don't say that about anybody. They really are that terrific. That's really good. That's great to hear that. It really is. Because I spend... It is... It's not... You know, if you spend at your desk at home hours and hours, day after day, month after month... And I don't, you know, really don't know what's happening in America and whether people are going for it or not. So it's fantastic to hear that, that you like it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's good. And that, I mean, it's good, not good that you're alone there in your house, but if indeed you're alone, I don't even know. <laughs> oh, no, there are people with me, but, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are people with you. So you're not totally alone. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, there's, no, I have, yeah, no, I have a family here, but I'm stuck in the room with the door shut, writing these books. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> but you can't. That, you but, know, but you can have interaction if you want it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. I'm allowed it. 
You, the way you were describing it, it sounded like you were sitting in the, this lonely man sitting in a house somewhere and, and with, with nobody around. <laughs> What's that movie with that movie? The, the movie with Johnny Depp where he's this writer and he lives in this cabin. I think it's called The Secret Window or something. I don't know that. Yeah, it's a movie. I think it's based on a Stephen King short story. But there's uh, oh, yeah. that that's what I'm picturing in my mind. And Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Well I've completely misled you then. It was more it was more um about not knowing what people think of the book. I mean I know I know in the UK, um and I know when people contact me through Twitter and things like that and through Facebook, um, if they've enjoyed it. But it's a bit harder in, in the United States because I can't I do, for example, I do book signings here and I go to festivals and I talk to people, but I've never been over to America since um, Arrowwood came out there, so I, it's very difficult to gauge what people think of it. Well, they need to send you to the BoucherCon. There's a BoucherCon that happens in August, was it August or September? August, September, October, somewhere in there. That's where they need to send yeah, you. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I really want to go there one day. And you could one. probably get some whiskey. What is it you like? What which drink was it? Scotch whiskey. Scotch whiskey. I am Scottish, you see. We'll make sure they have some Scotch whiskey there. <laughs> yeah. Will that get you over just yeah. the Scotch whiskey? <laughs> yeah, that's all I need. That is all I need, and I'll be on the airplane. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll be able to smell it from here. Now, are you, are you able to write on an airplane? Are you able to write in a hotel when you travel? Yeah, I can write in hotels, not in airplanes, um, because uh, it's too cramped. Trains, I do a lot of writing on trains. Really? Yeah. I saw somebody posted last night that there's a there's now a trip you can take all the way across the United States for two hundred and thirteen dollars. Wow! You can go through all the way right to California. The middle is it through the? I'm sorry. Is it, does it go right through the middle? Yes, it, yes, uh, indeed. It goes yeah. all through the country, and you can do it for $213. And you see the whole, all of this countryside. Now, of course, you don't see everything, but but you see a lot of the yeah. country. What a thrill that would be. And you could write a book while you're doing it. Yeah. I could, try, I could keep going back and forth from coast to coast till I'd finished. Just don't <laughs> fall. a year and a half. Just don't fall in the Grand Canyon now, you know? That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been, this has been a, a, quite a pleasure. I mean, your books are just so good. You really have some major talent. We're not just talking some, some, you know, growing talent. You have major talent, Mick. You really do. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, David. And the book again is called The Murder Pit. It's out from Mirror and all your and HarperCollins from the UK. In fact, here's the publicity contact right here. I just I just noticed that. And it, it's been a pleasure. And so this was published February fifth, two thousand nineteen. That means the next one's got to come out next February then. Well, yeah, maybe the, maybe the, the, I only know that date because it's on Amazon. Oh, okay. off, off I, maybe they'll move it up. Yeah, I'll find out soon. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully they will. It's been a pleasure, Mick. It's been a joy talking to you. Yeah, it's been a great. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Go out and read these two books, everybody. You're going to enjoy them. And this has been David's Book Talk, and we'll talk to you next time. You have just enjoyed the podcast of David's Book Talk, brought to you by your host, book lover, David English. 
please visit us at davidsbooktalk.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to our podcast. We want to hear from you, and we don't want you to miss our upcoming shows with top authors like Mary Higgins Clark, Patricia Cornwell, Lisa Scottolini, Jackie Collins, Nelson DeMille, Michael Connolly, Sue Grafton, Steve Martini, Dale Brown, David Baldacci.